Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. Uh, this part on the pastors, and then I wanted to, uh, with your permission and agreement, I'd like to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit just a little bit this morning. Because I, in studying this out, I mean, every, every ministry gift should have giftings and anointings with it. And uh, Brother Hagen, I'm trying to find out where he, I had that, that, this is, I've used Donald G's material. Anybody know who he was? Yeah, and the reason I'm using his material is uh, one of the times uh, uh, Dr. Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen said that, Donald G. had the most accurate revelation of the ministry gifts. So I have a copy of his book. It's out of print now, but I think Dr. Dufresne may carry it. Uh, I mean, you know, he may have a thing for it. Praise the Lord. So there could be more I could say. I want to say a few things here, and then I want to get on with... uh, uh, without the ministry gift of the pastor operating in the body of Christ, then all other ministry is practically in vain. No matter how great the evangelist is, how many he gets saved, if there's not someone to shepherd the lambs, to pastor and take care of them in God, they're apt to fall by the wayside. No other office is given such instruction in the, uh, so much instruction in the new covenant as is the pastoral office. V- virtually no instruction. This is Brother Hagin. No instruction is given to the apostle. Uh, no instruction is given to the evangelist. Little instruction is given to the other offices. But when you consider the elder, the overseer, the bishop, all referring to the pastoral office, more direct instruction is given to the office of pastor than to any other office. This is not a higher, more respected, or more needed office than God could call you to than the office of the pastor. This is, I like what he says here. This is the only office I ever sought, Brother Hagen, the office of the pastor. And if I were a young person, I would seek this office. Let God do what he wants to do, but I would talk to him about it. I did, and he said to me, no, because of my particular call. Of course, you know, he did pastor for 15 years, but then God said to him, you know, uh, I think he said, you haven't been in my will, my perfect will. Isn't that right? Do you remember that? Yeah. And yet he'd done that for 15, it didn't hurt him. And I heard him say one time, and I was thrilled that I had done that. Uh, not that I thought of it myself, but he said every pastor should travel for a couple of years. And maybe he'd treat guests different. And maybe the traveling minister ought to pastor a couple of years and he'd treat pastors and their sheep different. In other words, you begin to see from a different perspective. You know, and I think there's some valid truth in that. Uh, you know, I'm not telling you give up your church and travel. I'm not saying that. But he was just making a point, and I think that's true. I've done both, so I understand a little bit different than some may have. Uh, and before I get into the supernatural here, I want us to look at a couple things with me, uh, if you would. One's in Second Tim, Second uh, Corinthians 10, if you would look here with me. And I wanted to talk to you about something that I think is real important here, and that is recognizing what you have, but recognizing what others have, and not be competitive with each other. Some people say, well, you know, I want what you have, and like Dr. Dufresne says, I'd give it to you if I could, but it's not mine to give. 
can't give you what, what God didn't tell me to give you. Now, he, gives, he does minister in impartations, and I do that occasionally myself when the Lord's on me to do that, impart to others. But what he means is some people want to be just like him and have the same gifting, same anointing, and you, you don't have the right to do that unless God speaks to you to do that to somebody. And so I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can all become kind of narrow-minded about what we're doing versus what somebody else is doing. And so I want to talk to you just a minute about that and then one other thing about the pastor that I've learned that's been real helpful to me. And then I'll go into some of the supernatural gifts here and how we can operate in those. Uh, let's begin 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 10. We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So we got to be cautious in comparing ourselves and somebody else and what they're doing, what they have or we don't have. Or How many understand what I'm saying? I'm on a lot of preachers' boards. Again, I didn't ask for any of them. I was asked to be on those. I think probably, Donna, how many? Ten now, maybe more. And, you know, sometimes I go and they present what they have done for the year, and I just, I'm just, my gosh, you're something else. <laughs> Whether it's finances or amount of people or whatever, I just go, wow. Or then there's some that are, you know, now watch how I say this, maybe insecure. And they're struggling to, you know, and they've asked me to be on their board, and I said, well, I think you ought to do this. Well. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of, and it's really not a lot of money at all. But to them, see, I got to be cautious, and I don't, you know. And I think I'm hearing from God when I say things, or I wouldn't say them at all. But at the same time, I'm just talking. There's different ways to look at things. See, I'm talking about one person feels whatever, another person feels a different way, and you got to learn to minister to both those people, and not comparing each other. You know. Just talking here to you a minute and be careful of comparing yourself with other people and what they're doing what they have or don't have or what you think you should have and you know just we need to just be sure that we're guarded in that area that we are thankful for what we do have and we're not jealous or envious of anybody's got more see you know not everybody's going to have mega church and of course that's relative in our thinking i guess if you had a church of a thousand you wouldn't and you didn't think you were a mega church, then I guess you wouldn't think that. I know you wouldn't think if you had 15. But, you know, if you had 1,000 and you're thinking a church is with 5, 10, 15, 20,000, then you're still way behind. See, you've got to guard yourself. This is the way I look at it in my personal life. If I'm not careful and I'm thinking a certain way, then I could make other people feel small because of X, Y, Z. Or if I look the other then I'm wrong at that then I'm, I'm out of line then on the other hand you know if I go the other way and, and compare myself with somebody uh, you know that's uh, got a big church I don't consider this a big church I just want you to know that but it's a good church a decent church but it's not a big church uh, but at the same time if I'm not careful and I'm comparing myself to Pastor Parsley or T.D. Jakes what am I? then I'm on the other side of the spectrum feeling sorry for myself like well what am I? I guess I'm no good I mean Get, 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 get. Just get a little of my personation, TD. A 
rod out of, out of the clouds of glory came his leg extended out and he came through the glory and <laughs> you just got to guard yourself you got to guard yourself just be who you are and don't be comparing yourself to everybody if I think of somebody has got 15 I might think well wow look I've got a good deal here I've got 300 people or what 288 or 279 whatever it is see you've got to watch your get in your head like that and you start comparing yourselves and either way you're either in pride or you're in envy and both of those will destroy you. So you got this. I'm usually trying to give an illustration of verse 12 here. Verse 13 says, But we will not boast of things beyond our measure. Beyond. That word uh, without is should be beyond our measure and according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you for we are come as far as to you in uh, preaching the gospel of Christ not boasting of things beyond our measure that is of other men's labors but having hope when your faith is increased the ones we minister to that they will be in, that we will be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly so we've got to, we've got to, what we're saying in this is you have to guard yourself, go, go stretch yourself to your measure, and you're not going to get there overnight. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> but we've got, to, we've got the ability to stretch ourselves to our measure. Let's say this is our measure, the size of this, of this podium. Then I get, if I'm back here, I need to keep stretching. But I don't need to stretch out here where I, I don't have the ability or the grace to do certain things. And the Lord told me years ago, some of your sons are going to excel you in amount of people and things they accomplish. I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see that. Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean I failed. It just means that some have a different measure. And maybe have a different measure to do certain things that I don't do, perhaps, as well as they do in a given area. You know, I've always said that about Pastor Keith. He's the preacher. I mean, he can preach. I don't have that gifting. Sometimes I get excited, you know, and I might preach a little bit, but that's just typically not me, and I don't have that gifting. But what I'm saying is to us, let's stay out of this competitiveness and because somebody else has got something and we don't have it. And let's just let everybody be who they are and God keep our nose clean out of it and, and be thankful for what we do have. And if we're not fully in our measure yet, we're still stretching and stretch to it. But don't stretch way out beyond it. I've been on radio, I've been on TV, and God didn't tell me to do either. After I did it for a little while, he said, I didn't tell you to get on there. You know, I got on there for a year on TV and I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. It didn't help me. It didn't bless me. And I didn't, you know, I'm just being honest with you. And same for radio. I'm not saying it's bad to be on either. That's right. But God didn't tell me to do it. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I did it for a year. This guy gave me a good deal and I felt like I would try it. But when I got in it and got on it and got through it, how am I going to renew? Gonna, I don't care if you give it to me. I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I'm not into it. <laughs> But now, now Jordan may be different when he grows up. You know, he's 25. He's growing up. I mean, he's not a kid anymore, but he's a young man. And so I don't know. You know, I'd be up to him and God what he does. He may want to tear all the walls out or sell this building build a big one. You know, I don't know. I'm going to be here to help him make some of those decisions if they're big ones. 
But at the same time, you know, I'm not him. He's not me. He's got some of me in him, but he's not me. Try not to make him a clone or any of these preachers that want to be connected in some form or fashion. And so I'm just talking here to you. So we got to watch about competing with each other in any form or fashion in any way. Just stay out of that realm. That'll defeat you. It'll discourage you. And then maybe eventually if you stay in it long enough in that, it'll, it'll really corrupt you. Because you'll be driven to do something you weren't called to do, perhaps, or you feel insecure because you don't have what somebody else has. And that's a bad way to live, a bad way to function. Stuff like that. I'm just helping you here if you're listening to me. Yeah. Now, let's go to one more passage in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23. And if you have read my Spiritual Father book, you know I deal with this pretty extensively in it. And I've taught many times around the country on this subject, Jeremiah 23, about pastors. And so because this is true of the pastors, I want to give you this little list again because these are the things that should be happening to the people that submit to your ministry as a pastor. And it says, in, of course, the first part of uh, Jeremiah 23, the first couple of verses, woe. And like I said, you don't want to be on the other end of a woe when God says woe. But he says, woe be to the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away, have not visited them. Behold, I'll visit upon you the evil of your doings. He sounds kind of hot mad to me. And I will gather, and then it starts into the other side of it, and I'll gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I've driven them and will bring them again to their folds or their flock where they belong to their folds and, and they shall be fruitful and increase so the first two things that ought to be evident in sheep under your ministry at least over a period of time may not happen the first Sunday but they'll start being fruitful and increase that could be financially, mentally soundness coming to their minds uh, wholeness coming to their marriage knowing how to function in a marriage knowing how to raise kids it could be a lot of different things but they're going to start being fruitful in their life and increasing in their life and I'll set up shepherds or pastors over them or spiritual fathers any of those three would go there which shall feed them and they shall fear no more fear gets removed out of your life when you're submitted properly to a pastor that's a pastor he'll start knocking fear off of you through his teaching, his ministry, laying on hands, all the above, and they will fear no more, nor be dismayed, and the word is really discouraged. You stop being discouraged over everything. It used to be little things upset you, bothered you, frustrated you, irritated you, annoyed you, etc. And now all of a sudden you're walking way beyond that. You're walking out there. You've thrown those things away and off of you, and you're walking in authority and strength and power. And then it says, and they shall, neither shall they be lacking anymore, saith the Lord. And that should be lacking, saith the Lord. So they brought their supplies of pasture, and you received it, and it did these five things. It made you fruitful. It made you increase. It uh, made you to fear no more, nor be discouraged, and to not be lacking. So that, I want to just fi finalize my little teaching on uh, pastors that these are the five things that I see should be happening to us if we're under the right supply of the right pastor and we're in our folds where we belong. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One thing I appreciate about doctor, he won't let you he won't let you murmur or gripe. Not that I was, but he, he just wouldn't let you. 
He's not moved by your something or other either. He's just a straight shooter, you know. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know, honey. You may want to say something before I get into this on the gifts. I'm just going to get a little brief thing. Do you want to say anything, hon? To the pastors? Okay. Just checking. I wanted to talk to you because Dr. Hagen's made this comment here. Let me find where he says this at. Uh, I saw it a minute ago. I may have turned. Okay, here he's... uh, This is Brother Hagen's material. It says, uh, It is the Holy Spirit who makes men overseers, not man. And God has provided supernatural equipment for the pastor. The pastor should be equipped with supernatural equipment. The gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, can be manifested in the lives of individual members of the body of Christ so he's not saying that the members can't function in things too but he said I'm also convinced that these supernatural gifts are the supernatural equipment for those who stand in ministry gift offices and then he goes on to say this I am convinced that the pastor the pastor talking about the pastor right now I'm convinced that the pastor ought to be equipped with the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and even with tongues and interpretation. I'm also convinced that if he is not, if he will ask for that spiritual equipment, he will get it. I did. Sometimes these gifts are not as spectacular in display through the pastor as they are through the prophet, although they are in operation. Interesting comment there. But now I want to tell you about myself. You know, I... uh, well, I didn't know of any gifts of spirit. I, I, something started happening the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, and that was a word of knowledge. But I didn't understand it back then. And it took me a while to understand those gifts. And then, and then I saw other giftings come. Uh, prophecy came. Word of wisdom came. But I found something interesting. I went up to Dr. Sumrall's church for a camp meeting one year. Actually, my daughter, she's not here today. She's 33. How old was she, honey? One, two years old when we went, huh? About 30 years ago, and I was in his church way back in the back. We had our baby with us, and Jessica, and we were back there. And, he, and Dr. Summerall got up on the platform and said, All you pastors, stand up. And we were all over that place. He said, uh, You need the gift of tongues interpretation. Take it. He just went like that. And I said, Father, I receive it. And you know, from that day till now, I've interpreted tongues. I just took it. He just said, you need it and you ought to take it. And I just took it. Just listen to an elder. So I want to talk to you, if you'd let me for a few minutes here in closing, about some things that we can do and some things we ought to be thinking about, about the gifts. And I'm saying this to the pastors, but to everybody too, about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, let me see here what I want to say here. First of all, I'd like to talk to you the fact that uh, uh, let's go to Psalm 78 a minute. This may not seem like it fits, but it will. Psalm 78:41, one of my favorite scriptures in teaching on the gifts, and uh, I think I'll make sense when I get there. Psalm 78:41. Uh, it says here in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one, yea, they they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. 
that phrase that they limited the Holy One of Israel. So what I like to say, because of time, i got about 30 minutes, I'm going to try to uh, move over some of this more quickly and then slow down and talk about some of it a little more in depth to you. But I have found that the gifts of the Spirit in our life are for our prayer life, that sometimes the gifts of the Spirit operate in our prayer life, in my life, as much as they do publicly when I'm praying for people. Uh, we, we have, uh, you know, Acts 16, 16 through 18, I'm just quoting something here, that happened in prayer, where the little girl with the spirit of divination in her, you know, they went to the place of prayer, and the girl stopped them. They were in prayer, and that happened. Acts 10, 1 through 6, I think it's the story of Cornelius, and how he'd given a lot of money to the Jewish people and uh, so forth. And, and, and the Bible says his memorial had come up before God like a hologram in heaven had come up that he'd given all this money and been a blessing to Israel. And so it was kind of in a prayer setting similarly. So your prayer life can be a great place for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. And I'm talking about all of us and particularly the pastors. And uh, that's an important issue. Because sometimes we can get in a mindset, again, limiting him. Well, I'm sure he'll show up tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. Well, he might. And just because he didn't show out doesn't mean he wasn't there. But the point I'm making is a lot of times when I get in prayer over people and things that uh, involve things of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will kick in. Sometimes I'll prophesy. Sometimes I'll speak in tongues and interpret. Sometimes I'll have a word of knowledge in the middle of that session. Yeah, just all kinds of stuff will kick in if you'll believe for it. And then uh, number two, the gifts of the Spirit are for your everyday life, your work, your home, just your life. You know, you may be, uh, you may be working around some people and you, you pick up something's going on with somebody and you pray about it a little and the Lord shows you this guy's daughter's in trouble and you sit down at lunch to have lunch with him, you know, and you pull out your peanut butter sandwich and you go, hey, what's happening with Julie, your daughter? Julie, how'd you know I had a daughter? You know, or whatever. And you begin to tell this guy, you know, well, I saw this happen. And he drops his sandwich and his Oreo cookie. What? That's exactly right. See, sometimes we need to realize, or he just has just pray in our everyday life and going to work and our home and things like that. Now, you know, I'm thinking of my son here, Jordan and Jessica both. I rebuked the devil off of them at least once in their life. I was at home when that happened. I just saw my daughter walking through the house, and the Lord said, deal with that. And I just said, come over here a minute. And I just rebuked the devil off of her. The same for Jordan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I just knew things by the Spirit, and that's part of those gifts of the Spirit kicking in in our everyday life. If we're sensitive, they'll, they'll, they'll be available to us. I'm just trying to talk to you about the gifts for a minute in closing. For the fivefold ministers, especially the pastor, but even all of us in our everyday life. See, if we're thinking they only got to show up on Sunday morning after two songs in a quiet something or other, then that's limiting God severely. And normally when we come to church, we come to be trained in those things, not just to try to do something that, that whoever's on the platform or whoever's leading the service should be the main one that would speak out or do something typically unless the Holy Ghost asks us to do something by who's in charge I remember I went to Louisville Trinity Church for three years at least and uh, as a member and I never did a thing unless I was asked to do it I never did I never did step out and do, give a tongue or unless the pastor said obey God Michael then I'd obey God because I didn't want to take anything away from him. He's the pastor. I'm not. 
I'm, I'm, te I'm a teacher back then primarily, and I'm traveling a lot and things like that, and I just didn't want to be disruptive. I didn't want anything people looking at me. You know, because people are weird. You know, people are just weird. Even the spirit-filled ones are weird. So. And they can, get, they can get their focus off their pastor on me because I'm not, I'm not their pastor. I didn't have to sit them down and tell them they were wrong about something. You know what I'm saying, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Pastors know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, sometimes I'd have something, and Pastor Rod would always say, go ahead and obey God, Michael. Wouldn't he, honey? Yeah, just, just say obey God. Sometimes I'd have words for people. Sometimes I'd have a general call for something. Sometimes I'd have a word, a prophecy to speak out. Hallelujah. Now, you know, you're going to have to spend some time in prayer for some of these things. You're not earning them by praying, but you're getting sensitive by praying. I remember one time I went to Trinity on a Saturday, and they let me use their side building to pray and study, and so I was, up, I was upstairs praying in tongues for four hours. And uh, about, uh, well, about three hours and 50 minutes, something hit me, and I began to prophesy, and I'm the only one there. And I'm thinking, wow, that's different. And there's about angels and stuff. <laughs> I started prophesying. And the Lord said, just save it. You're going to need it tomorrow. I thought, oh, okay. So I'm just standing over to the side over here. We get to that point, and, and, and it's kind of quiet in there. And Pastor Rod said, obey God, Michael. And I took off saying what the Lord had said to me after I'd prayed in tongues for about three hours and 50 minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you pray, if you'll pray a little bit every day and maybe increase it a little bit, you'll start getting things if there's something to be gotten. So we need to know our prayer life can be effective and expanded, our, our everyday life. And then the assembly, there is corporate gatherings where that might be, uh, might be necessary and might be approved and stuff. Uh, I put down mainly by the leadership or at least under their supervision because we don't want to bring confusion in on people. You know, sometimes people come in with the intent of taking over. And a lot of times people don't, but we just need to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. But we should mostly be trained in our local church by the pastors and the leadership of the church and how to flow. All right. So uh, let's look over here now to... Um, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to... Uh, this is going to be all right. Just talking to you. And, and this could be repeated each time we meet. I'm not probably going to do that, but 1 Corinthians 14. Who's got an amplified Bible here? You do. You do. You do. You do. You do. You do. <laughs> 1 Corinthians, thank you, 14. I want to read verse 1 to you. Eagerly pursue and seek... To acquire this love, make it your aim and your great quest. Talking about the love of God. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or gifts, especially that you may prophesy, interpret the divine will and purpose of God. But this this little phrase here, cultivate the spiritual endowments, the gifts. Cultivate them. Cultivate. You know, cultivate means to improve. Let me see, I have it here. To improve by... A labor, care, and study. When you cultivate something, you're improving it by labor, care, and study. In other words, if you'll, if you'll begin to give yourself to the gifts of the Spirit and to the things of God in this venue I'm talking about right now, then you'll begin to see other things happen that need to happen because you're cultivating those things. You're cultivating them. 
Hallelujah. So let me give you four things here and then we'll close. And, and maybe uh, four or five, I think. And then if you have any questions, we'll try to answer them if we can. But uh, we'll see how we go here. I guess we're later than I thought. But number one, you have to expose yourself to right teaching. Expose yourself to right teaching concerning the gifts. That's what I'm talking about. Exposing ourselves to right teaching. Uh, you know, we got Romans 10, 17, for example. Under that, exposing yourself to faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Galatians 3, verse 2, verse 5, talks about having faith in the gifts. Uh, first, first Timothy 4. Let me have that your Bible back again in a minute, please. Thank you. Yeah, first, first Timothy 4 and 14. I want you to l listen to this a minute, First Timothy 4. And, uh, well, you know what? Let me see here. I may have that in my, in my notes here. This is a rendering of the, of the text out of 1 Timothy 4, 14 through 16 from Rick Renner's book, uh, Seducing Spirits and Doctrines of Devils, and this is what he says. Uh, I'm in 1 Timothy 4, 14. Till I come, you must continue consistently and habitually giving yourself to the reading of Scripture, not for the sake of a sermon, but for the sake of your own personal growth. This growth should first be reflected by deep spiritual fellowship around the Word with your closest friends. Then finally, this growth will be reflected as you minister God's Word publicly. Your public ministry, however, should be an overflow from these other areas of your life. Public ministry is a result of personal growth. Do not continue neglecting and ignoring the gift that's in your life. It's a supernatural endowment full of power and ability. Regardless of how much you've already done, the gift in you is so powerful, it can do more. <laughs> and I love this. It can do more. When God gave it to you, he gave a prophecy. The elders laid their hands on you. God told you specifically what he would do through your ministry. Have you fulfilled all that prophecy? Then you must start yielding to the gift in a greater way. Now, that's a key, isn't it? Yielding to the gift in a greater way. Yeah, you have a mission to fulfill. Take special time and care to cultivate these things. Take special time and care to cultivate. They will not develop by accident. You must decide to develop them. Give yourself to them completely. Be consumed with them, given to them, and almost driven until you feel you're up to your ears in them. Then you'll be ready. Really, then you will really begin to grow. You will begin to forge new frontiers. I love that, new frontiers. And everyone will see your growth and be encouraged to follow. Understand that your personal development is the first priority in your life. Grab hold of yourself and determine to cultivate growth in your life. Grab hold firmly onto doctrine. In fact, you must stay right by the word and make it your number one business. For in doing this, you will personally experience a new measure of salvation and deliverance and them that hear you preach and teach will be changed too. Man. That's a good translation, isn't it? So, you know, we ought to we ought to remember this, pay attention to this, and 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 do what we need to do to do those things we just read about. So we're we're cultivating these gifts. Number two, we need to learn to wait on God's presence. We need to learn to wait. You know, I think it's. Uh, what is it Romans 12 7 
says, uh, on, wait on your ministering, on those who minister, let him wait on his ministering. And basically, I would just say that means get quiet, get uh, alone, get away from clatter and clutter and other things that try to distract us and learn to wait upon God and uh, it'll change you. You know, if you have anything in there, it'll start coming to the surface if you'll, if you'll learn to wait. Hallelujah. We're not saying it's going to produce it. We're saying it helps produce what you have. Learn to wait. First Corinthians 7.35 says, Learn to uh, wait upon the Lord without distraction. Can't keep your phone on if you're going to do that. You can't watch TV and try to pray in the Holy Ghost and meditate on the Word and be quiet. Have your phone blaring and the TV functioning. Yeah, we've got to learn to wait. And then number three, pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. What I wrote, pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. And uh, my spiritual father, Dr. Dufresne, says, praying in tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. Praying in tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. My first comment was, pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. Hallelujah. Uh, Number four. Be around people of like faith or your own company. Be around people of like faith, people that flow in the Holy Ghost, people that know how to yield to the Holy Ghost. Be around people like that. Be around people of like faith or your own company because that will have a big effect on you. And I, I, I wrote in here uh, 1 Samuel 10, 5 through 7, where Saul, the king in the Old Testament, got around the prophets, the company of the prophets, and he began to prophesy too. So that shows some influence and association by being around the right people, wouldn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Be around people of like faith. because, And then I wrote out to the side, there, you, you're, you get in the right environment, the right association, and the right influence, and that will have an effect on you. The right environment, the right association, the right influence. See, I realized that, that I had a lot more in me than I realized when I met Dr. Dufresne, but I, I wasn't cultivating it. You know, because partly because I was in Illinois uh, about 1979 or 80, and I was walking across the floor in a hotel room, and the teaching gift dropped into my spirit. And I started giving myself to teaching, 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 teaching. Oh, my God. And then by the time I got to this church and pastored here, man, I rutted them. I mean, they were rutted out, baby. I rutted them out. You know, 45 scriptures. An hour and a half later, right? You remember some of those days. You guys do. Yeah, I rutted you out into teaching because that's all I knew. Then I got around doctor, and it, it was a major thing on my flesh and my head and everything to be around all that because I had some of those giftings that inkling little, little, little drops dropped out of me every once in a while, some of that, but it wasn't like it is today. Because I rutted myself in teaching. And you see, you can't do that in the prophet's ministry. You can still teach, but you can't rut yourself out in it. You, you'll lose the anointing. Because it's a whole different, different animal. Now, it is true when you get up and you're prepared to preach and you don't have anything else you need to do, you go ahead and teach it. 
But if you're teaching from a prophetic standpoint, it's different anyway than the teacher. But what I'm saying is, you, 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 if you don't have something to go on, then just get up and teach the Bible. It'd still be from the prophet's right. avenue, but it would be a little, it still would. Uh, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Okay, number five. This is the last one. Be hungry and thirsty for these things in your life. Be hungry and thirsty for these types of things in your life. You've got to have a desire. You've got to have a desire. I, I remember Dr. Dufresne telling about how uh, two things. One thing is his wife, Pastor Nancy, was teaching on... Uh, she wrote that book, Responding to the Holy Ghost, before Dr. Hagen came to their church. And first of all, she was teaching people to pray and to respond. Then God said, no, you need to teach them to respond. You can pray all you want, but people don't respond right. They won't get anything. And then Dr. Hagen came and did his meeting in 2003. When he was through, they were in the back room, and some one of the other preachers, wasn't Pastor Nancy or Dr., said, well, uh, something about, that's good we prayed to see you function. He said, the gifts of the Spirit don't function by prayer. They function by hunger. Hmm. So you got to add a little tidbit there. You're hungry for these things or desirous of these things, and that's why they happen. That's what Brother Hagin said in the back room to some preachers. See, you know, knowing a man of that caliber had been in ministry 70 years, you ought to get something out of that. <laughs> so we're talking number five was be hungry and thirsty for these things so that they can flow and the verses of uh, course is uh, 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 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one from the Amplified it says covet earnestly the best gifts covet them, desire them be hungry for them hallelujah praise God well I enjoyed that hallelujah I just, I just thought we need to talk about the gifts a little bit at the end uh, so that we could begin to be stirred up to to be used. Thank you. I said be stirred up to be used. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible teaches that uh, uh I will pour water, Isaiah 44, 3. I will pour water on him that's thirsty. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody thirsty today. <laughs> I'm thirsty. So I want you to stand up, and I want you to come on up here real quick if you're thirsty, just single file. Somebody can move that for us. and I'd like to minister to you if that's you. If you're thirsty for the things of God, they'll start coming. I said if they're thirsty for the things of God, they'll start coming to us. Praise the Lord. They'll come to us. Thank you, Father. Whether your ministry or fivefold or ministry help doesn't matter. If you're hungry for them, they'll start coming to you. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your anointing today. Thank you for your presence today. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. Thank you for it, Father. Receive that, Brother Dale. Receive that. That's it right there. Receive that in the name of Jesus. 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 Receive that. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Praise God. Receive it. 
Receive it. Hallelujah. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Hallelujah. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it, Pastor. Woo! Receive it, Pastor. Receive it, Pastor. Receive it, missionary. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it, Andrew, in the name of Receive it in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. That anointing. That anointing changes everything. When it gets in us, it changes things. Hallelujah. Now you start believing with me that once hands are laid on you, your prayer life is changing. Your everyday life is changing. Hallelujah. Receive that. Woo! Receive that. Receive it in the name of Jesus. 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 Receive it, Ronnie, in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Brother Bob, receive that. Hallelujah. Receive that in Jesus' name. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Hallelujah. Receive it. Whew. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it, Joe. Praise God. That anointing goes into us today to stir up things, to stir up the, the things of God that we have in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. All right. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Receive that, Brother Steve. Whoa. Receive that, Brother Paul. Woo. Receive that, Miss Donna. Woo. Is it for you or her? Both. Both. Receive it, little boogie. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> I receive it too. Thank you. <laughs> receive that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me while I kiss my baby. Receive it, Brandy. <laughs> I went into baby mode, grandpa mode, I guess. Receive that, Helen. Receive that. Praise the Lord. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I'm believing great things are going to happen. Receive it. Receive it, hmm. Brother Sean. <laughs> Brother Chad, receive that in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Brother Jim, receive it. Take all you want. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.